This is Aikido Discuss, your regular weekly Aikido podcast. We talk about everything that is the martial art of Aikido. I am Chris Fryne, head instructor at Aikido of Fresno, and with me today is Joshua Tihi, assistant instructor at Aikido of Fresno. And Maya Solana McDaniel, second Q and student at Aikido of Fresno. We were, we're having technical difficulties. <laughs> Rock and roll. So if you're listening, if you're listening this. to this, woohoo! I, I think we were we like 15 it. minutes in already, and then Chris looks over at the recorder and is like, shit. It's just shit, one of those shit. nights. It's a late night. Uh, it's been a long day. It's super hot it's here hot in Fresno. Today, yeah. uh, you know, whatever. But yeah. we have a great, great podcast for you guys. Hells. Bells. Or a, a good topic. Yeah, good topic. So, uh, Kokunage. Yeah. What is it? And why is it? And how to do it? And why you're probably confused about what it is, et cetera, so forth. Yep. That's where I'll leave it. <laughs> we'll jump right in. <laughs> we're all like, you go first. No, you. No, just, no, you. you know, as we were pre-gaming, and by pre-gaming, I mean recording Recording another episode. Um, you know, it, it, was, it became very clear that there are, that Kokunage isn't something it isn't just one thing that can be easily like looked at and like hey this is this is uh, what kokunage is um i mean some people may have a technique that they think is uh, kokunage but really it's a whole lot of things that could be done in a whole lot of ways um and it varies from school to school and, right right to, or you know uh, affiliation to affiliation so let's just kind of <laughs> jump in and kind of uh, lay some ground work for what we're going to be talking about, and then we can actually get into the technique and hopefully do some little technical talking. Yeah. So, so I'm looking at you. Lay <laughs> some groundwork about. So, do you want me to technical talk or not? Technical? No, 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 technical um, talk later. So, once so we have some kind of basis for like exactly what it is, what we mean by kokunage. Yeah. yeah. So, what we call kokunage in our school is the throw where. Um, the nage and the uke face the same direction. The nage puts their leg behind the uke and extends their upper body uh, in front of the uke, and this causes an unbalance in them. Um, there's a lot of ways you can do it, but that's the core of what we call koki nage. Yeah. Different than what other schools may call kokunage, yeah. which we would refer to maybe as uh, Iriminage. Yeah. So, yeah, depending on what school you study from, uh, kokunage and Iriminage, the names might be flipped. Um, so a lot of Aikikai styles and ladder styles will call what we call um, kokunage Iriminage and what they call Iriminage, we would call kokunage. So so they're just flipped. Um, and, and I think that's due to this uh, trick, um, basically, that Yoshiba pulled which is um, he he named the techniques, well, I believe, he named the techniques not for a technical attribute but for a, um, a feeling that goes with that throw, an, an essence of that throw, if you will. Yeah. Uh, a, a trick in the – was it a trick that he knew he was doing? Like, <laughs> I'm being – No, I'm no, being, no, no. Yeah, it was just no. a thing that happened. Yeah, I mean, they, I, so I, I think that he thought this was a better way to think about martial arts stuff. And there's a story, you know, where um, he did Ikkyo over and over and over. And one of the guys watching, I think it was Shirada, said, um, Sensei, you've just been doing Ikkyo over and over and over. And he got real mad and said, you know, no, I've done a bunch of different techniques and you're too stupid to realize it, right? And um, what he's saying is really true, which is um, 
every time you do a technique, it's different. The essence of the technique's different because the way you two are lining up is different, the intent's slightly different, the, the moment's different, everything's slightly different. So it will come off slightly differently. And so Yuishiba didn't have a way of thinking of it like, you know, maybe Plato would think of a form, which is the form is the quintessential thing that we're all trying to uh, aspire to have this perfect form. Instead, he was describing the technique as it happened and the feeling around mm-hmm. the technique. So so essentially he was doing kind of the complete opposite of that. Instead of striving for a perfect version of a thing, it's every single thing that we're doing is constantly different because the moment is different. Right. People are different. Right. The setup is different. It's, it's all unique. Right. And I, so, you know, something might be a, a kaiten nage that looks like a shionage to us because to him the essence was that the, the, the turning tur- happened. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. Or in the case of kokinage versus riminage, it's like, you know, a, a, a riminage if it was... Well, so I think let's go back and, and you had a pretty good description uh, of you know the what you believe kokyu means in this in in this sense because yeah. um, there's a lot of it's the breath throw or right it's right kokyu is hard to understand um, so uh, kokyu means breath um, and breathing more specifically like rhythmic breathing and um, I believe anytime we hear the word kokyo and aikido, what we're saying is something that's done in a very natural and effortless way, um, just like one like would breathe, yeah. right? So, hmm. um, and it's, you know, the essence of like if someone's freaked out and we tell them to stop and take a breath, yeah, take a breath. Shut what up. we're telling them is to calm and be be calm and alert and right, like just just be mellow. And that's the way all kokyunage should come off is effortless. Like, they should come off just very natural and calm. Um, and so this is why someone like Saito Sensei might call a lot of different looking throws kokyunage because they all come off effortlessly, right. you know. And, and there are ways to do iriminage, let's say. That would that would be way more kokunage. That would that would that appear would to embody be. Yeah. It would imbi- yeah, and um, and probably you know, vice versa. So, um, so let's talk a little bit though about uh, about that and and how that how we think that works for the the technique that we're describing because you know I think. The as we're describing that technique, that position that we get into, where it's uh, the two people side, side by side, side facing the same way, you're in that position all the time. Once you take this out of forums and you start doing a little more live training, or even a lot of times like in GeoWaz or whatever, you will end up in that position a lot. That's yeah. a, pers- a position yeah. that is prescribed a lot in yeah. Aikido. So to have a throw from that position, um, is is probably necessary for me. I do feel like it is the most um, effortless of the throws. Like that that you know, it, it works just by me moving my body and setting my structure, and right. then letting the other person, because of where they are positioning themselves, sort of fall over me. Or, or it's not even a, a, a fall, but they just sort of they they can't exist in the same space, right? So right. I take space. And because of the way that I've chosen to take it, um, we they can't. Have no they have no but choice move. but to move or to fall or to be projected away. Right, the the, the nage. Right, it's um you you have to have a throw for that position because it's our um our 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 best failure position. Right, so ideal position is far, so they can't hurt us. Like we're just far away. 
Um, and then next best position is behind. So that's Edimi. We've made a successful Edimi, and we're behind them. Um, failing that, then we want to be side by side with them. And and the majority of Aikido techniques uh, set up side by side. And that the reason is because we failed everything else, right? So we failed so many things. So if you don't have a core throw in your system for that position, you're going to have a giant gaping hole in your system. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like oh, so, yeah, yeah. because the system basically kind of check checklists down like that. So when we're in that position, you have to have a way to project them out. And so understand, you know. Aikido throws are, are really projections. Not not so like when you say the word throw to somebody, all kinds of stuff comes up and like big judo throw, right, like right. what if they fly through the air and smash on the ground and and you know thinking of smashing someone into the ground is what you're uh, offensively doing to someone. Don't think of it that way when you're talking about any Aikido projections. Think of just moving them away from you. So They've gotten too close to you. You don't want them there now, and so you need to move them off. And so if a lot of other stuff's not working, right, so whatever else it is you're trying to do isn't being successful, your kokunage is your last-ditch effort to shove them off of you. Right, right? to so get them to away, to make away. space. Yeah. So One first of, of the- all, I would like to just uh, point here, if you want to know more about kokunage, we do have an ep- or about uh, nage waza, the throwing methods. We do have... An episode about that that you can go and back for just nineteen ninety five. You can purchase <laughs> well, that. I know the way that you started that. Well, I'm just because you know I think it would be nice for people to be able to hit, listen to right. that if they yeah. haven't and get a little more. I don't know what episode it is, but you can so. you can find it pretty quick. It's you scroll back there. through there. It's called the Nagewaza Throwdown. Dang. Um, something that I was going to say though is that like lately, and I know that this isn't completely true, but it's been a way for me to reframe the way that I think about Aikido is thinking about. Uh, most of everything that we do in Aikido being hodoki, as in an escape of some kind, uh, a um, I want you and me to not be uh, close to attached to each other, right. you know. Right. Um, and uh, just kind of, I don't know. Before I was preparing for my second Q test, I think it was I was kind of grouping the different techniques in my head just so I could find a different way to think about them and, and relate them to each other. Um, that every technique is either. Um, I'm getting your body off of my body in some way, um, or your body from grabbing my body, or your hand from grabbing my hand. And then with that also comes uh, escaping my hand or escaping a weapon as well. But it's all some kind of, uh, I don't want you stuck to me anymore in some way. And so reframing the way that we think about um, throws as, uh, escapes or pro- projections. I just want you away from me. You know, right. I don't. I don't care if you do a ma- magnificent fall or right. you smash your face or whatever. Um, I think that's been good for me to reframe the way that I think about that. And I think Kokunagi is a perfect example of um, just get, you know, yeah. just bump them away. You know, and, and or I trip think them or whatever. I, I think this is actually a really good one uh, to talk about that because you know, if you think that every time you have to put someone on the ground. Um, you're, you're gonna hindering have, yourself. You're going to have a hard time with Kokunage, I think, yeah, you know, yeah. because in order to, I mean, it does kind of happen, um, and, and it, you can definitely make it, ha- like, and I'll put that make in quotes because I know that we don't ever really want to be making, but you can make it happen the way you turn, like, whatever. Um, but that's not the, the key. That's not the core of it. That's not what you, you really should be going for. Um, so if you can get that out of your mind, I think you can set yourself better and have a better understanding of what we're trying to do if you just think of um 
projecting them away, I think taking that, taking their space in some way. Right. I think it's um, kind of like that a hundred percent commitment, zero percent attachment thing. Where if you're so focused on like, or you you don't even realize, but your brain's kind of set into the mode of I got to see them fall on the ground. I got to right. see them take a nice right. big fall in order for me to move on to whatever I'm doing next. Um, you're, you're too attached to that outcome. Yeah. And so thinking of it more as um, you know, I'm I, I'm 0% attached to what happens um, as long as I make a good attempt here in order to get them away from me in some way, you know? And then that's the thing of Aikido, which is it doesn't work. Okay, move on, next thing, next thing. But right. you make a good try at it without being attached to the, yeah. the, the outcome. It's, uh, you know, like if you have never had the opportunity to, to be in a contest of throwing with someone, right? So you are not a chance to do judo or competitive jiu-jitsu or something where you've got to throw someone. It takes a long time to set up a good throw. Mm-hmm. Now, a good throw happens fast, but to set it up, there, there's, there's lots a lot of pieces. Of little, yeah. And there's a lot of struggling that goes on until the perfect throw can happen. So, you know, two guys might move around for, I don't know, 30, 40 seconds before one can pull off a throw, yeah, you know, and yeah, that's, yeah. that's a that's – a, Fairly brief timeline. Yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying, like, in relation to throws, 30 seconds is a brief timeline. However, in in relationship to your life struggle, 30 seconds is a long, long time, right? So so if, you know, someone's stabbing you repeatedly and your thought is, oh, I'm going to throw them good and then the ground will smash them, that's a bad trade. It's a bad trade to get stabbed probably 40 times for your, (laughs) you know. Um, so, so yeah, think of it that way. And then understand that, you know, Kokunaga's main idea is just to move someone away. Um, and it's good at that. It's good at that. Well, and, and, I, and I think that. this is so a good uh, time to talk about the various ways that you might see it happen um, and how they're all achieving the same goal but differently. So, you know, there's one particular style or set that, you know, um, you'll see them come up with an elbow to the face, you know, mm-hmm. sort of like a um, an elbow, like a yeah, an elbow to the face, mm-hmm. elbowing uh, to break. That helps to break the balance. Right, their right? head goes back. Um, their their legs head goes go back. Forward. Right. Uh, you know, there's another where you sort of uh, cut your lower body, really like cut under their balance, um, and it's more like a trip when you turn mm-hmm. and. Um, so there, there are different ways that they could, that it can set up, but it's the same idea. That really, right. that super confused me when I was studying. I think it was for my third Q test. I was like, uh, uh, are, is this all, which I'd seen so different teachers teach different versions of it so much. So like emphasizing, emphasizing those different pieces so much that I was like, is this the same technique? Was one teacher teaching it wrong? Was, you know, was I not understanding what they were teaching? And and to me, it was hard to conceptualize that that, those are all um, totally different versions, but all totally kokunages um, and all in the very close same family. Yeah. So, yeah, understand that um, what I was saying before, that position requires a projection, right? So when we're in that position, um, in order to be efficient in the system, you have to have a projection there. Um, there are lots of little ways to successfully get a projection, and depending on what the other person does, um, those different ways will work better, um, and depending on what the context of what you're doing is. But um, the the idea of that kind of throw is just to get something done there. So no matter what it is, your how it is you're setting it up. So so uh, you know, is one teacher teaching it wrong? Well, no. 
because if as long as they have a successful throw for that position, that's not wrong. Right. And as long as the structure is side by side facing the same direction, Nage's uh, upper bodies in front and lower bodies behind, that's Kokunage. It's like a structure of Kokunage, yeah. you know. So um, the, you can't think in you know right and wrong. Right, just, of just it, it's just different because that works for that person's body or that, you know, like I shear a lot. Like, you know, I, I drive my lower body, uh, at an angle and then I drive my upper body at that same angle. So they get split in half. Right. And, and that works really well for me. And I get it a lot, um, in a lot of different situations. So I tend to favor teaching it that way. That's not the right way. It's just the way I do it. And I can teach it really well too. I teach the others too, but and I think depending on what you wear, uh, the attack also will set it up, you know, because like, Marote Dori Kokunage is going to be very different, and what you can do with the setup yes. is going to be different right. than Gyakute Dori Kokunage is going to be different than you know uh, whatever other technique you know. So when you see Marote Dori Kokunage, the the demonstration of the form of it, and there's a specific thing that they're looking at, um, just be aware of. That's the specific thing they're looking at because that's the attack, right? Right. Um, the the Marotidori Kokinagi is really interesting to talk about, and it's it's very common in Aikido, so it's a it's a good technique to hit. But like in the Marotidori Kokinagi, as long as Uke wants to hold on Morotidori, right? Like their goal is to hold both hands onto Morotidori. The Kokinage happens really effortlessly right. because as you enter with a load elbow, so you drop your elbow low and you enter in, what'll happen is for them to continue holding they'll have to kind of lean back to stay stuck to you. And so they'll put themselves perfectly right, in into Kokinaga. Yeah. And so if you just extend in that position, they'll fall down effortlessly. Now, what most ukes do when taking it is they will let go of the um, the inside hand. So when you're grabbing Morote Dori and um, the Nage comes next to you, what most ukes will do is they'll they'll let go and hold a really light grab. And loosen up. Yeah, mm-hmm. loosen up with mm-hmm. it. Um, and then that will not facilitate that. You need another trick right. in there. But Juji Nage will actually come in right. like a beautiful right. champ right. there. So understand that like that you know everything's always built on the context it's in. And so so the different variations of Kokunage happen because things are different right. you know katate dori kokinage won't come off the same as marote dori kokinage even though they're the same entry and same base throw because the marote dori allows for a more effortless entry right yeah and i truly believe that you, uh, for me anyway like I, I i feel like you have to you have to do this and see this in motion in a more live training to really understand like what we're talking about in terms of it being um effortless because when it happens it it will be effortless i mean it will just feel like you just moved and you turned and they fell as opposed to what and what will happen for a long time is um you'll try to set it up and they will figure it out and they will change and you know and you'll have this little going back and forth for a long time or and this is actually uh would be considered a success in a way for us is you'll go to set it up and they will uh see it's happening and just move away and create that space that you wanted anyway so right right um but i feel like you kind of have to use it in uh in a live setting a little bit uh, to kind of to really get a sense of what it is i don't think you know if you're just doing murote dori kokunage off of a form um you will probably wonder what why you would do this because it, it see it doesn't seem 
uh, like, why is anyone going to grab you like that? Why, how, why am I going to turn that weird, you right, know? Right. So y- you're not really going to understand until you can put it into yeah. that, and you know. What's funny is like, so you also, the context has to be right because, look, a lot of guys grappling might say, oh, I've never done that throw. Um, because when you're grappling, um, the objective, when you're doing general grappling, the objective is going to be different, right? So if we're grappling and my objective and your objective are both to get the other guy and hold him so he cries uncle or whatever, yeah, I yeah. pin him or whatever, whatever your your grappling objective is. Elbow, um, elbow drop. Is a kokunage doesn't work good because it just moves them. Right. That's that's mostly what it does. Now, it can, can smash them on the ground, but it, the main way it works is to move them. And so if we're grappling, that's just a, a position change moment. That's it. Like, that's it. You know, and so it might be a good position change moment for you, but all if you're using it just as a position change, then the next thing that happens after that is going to be the throw right, right, that, right. that you take them down right. with or yeah, whatever, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. However, if you're doing armed grappling, um, and that moving them away from you gave you a chance to set and stab them seven more times, then that was a really right. powerful thing. Or if they were side by side with you and they began stabbing you and that motion allowed you to get out of there right. so they can't stab you, then it's a really important thing. So understand that the not only is having to see it in a live context important, but the correct live context right. for Aikido, right. yeah, which yeah. is right. generally going to be armed, or if not armed, at least asymmetrical in nature where one guy doesn't want to grapple. Right. It's interesting, too, to me because I see stuff online um, of people. I feel like people get real into kokinage because you can see it's it's fun to play with people's balance. And, like, um, it's a really feels like a really, at least for Aikido, a very quintessential Aikido position to play with how to take someone's balance and, and you know, work with the kazushi of the whole situation. And, um, like, I think a lot of people spend exclusively of their time with kokinage, just spend it... Um, you know, in that stationary side-by-side position, really just intricately playing with that, uh, how do I take their balance in the most perfect way? Right. You know, and I think that's really, um, it just, it is a testament to how how broad Kokunage can be in terms of how much, di- how not only how many different versions or ways that, you, variations that you can do Kokunage in, but that, you know, you can spend no time doing it in a live situation, which I would argue that's what some people at least are trying to work towards um but just focusing on the like little balance intricacies of it is like what a lot of people spend their time doing and it's um really interesting i think it's real interesting and i think it's um it's so interesting that uh, aikido people have made um their whole art about that um and and there's nothing wrong with that like my just said it's really interesting and i agree and i've spent a fair amount of time doing that myself a lot of fun like it by the way totally there's a lot Um, to be we have i have a lot of fun uh, when we do you know big technical days Mm -hmm. where we just dive into technique like i can have a lot of fun and so why people yeah the thing to understand is like that all that little work you're doing it it's it's not worth a lot dynamically. So I'm not saying it's worth nothing. I'm saying like, you know, you are going to learn how to refine details about things and get better. But the problem is 
really what you're generally facing is your issue in in like true conflict is a timing issue mm-hmm. like you're facing right. a timing issue so am i behind them i am i ahead of them or i'm on time with them um and then what are the signals to know that it's time to right. do right. that right. thing right. and so you're not going to learn any of that in a, in a in a basic right. form right so um, interesting because uh this was another podcast topic that we wanted to talk about which was uh skills and and how that kind of plays out and this idea of complementary opposites and and the you know and what you're saying is like the 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 trick in a live setting is understanding when that moment is right. there and being yes. able to act on it. Yeah. Um, and truthfully, how good your technique is uh, doesn't – it doesn't matter as much as you think it does. Right. What really matters is understanding that timing. Can and if you, you have that you good – thing happening? If you have a you good timing, if you can see that thing happening and act on it, your technique can be shit. And you can, right. and it will work because it works because that's how bodies, you know, function. Right. Um, I mean, not, you have to have technique, but it doesn't have to be perfect. beautiful and perfect, yeah. right? You know, I say this because I know it for a fact. Um, if you have never had an opportunity to do uh, any kind of live training in the proper context of Aikido, which is like you know an asymmetrical situation and or a weapon situation. Um, you will get in the position to do kokunage and you will not do it because you don't yeah, know again it's there and again and again and the same with ikkyo yeah, too yeah and also it's if podcast, if you if you train with someone who does know how to do the techniques at the right time they, they will, will throw do them you to you time. and yeah. you will go how do they keep doing that to me over and over right. and over you know so so it's it's a timing issue and, and so like when you're training your kokunage understand how vital kokunage is it's one of the key things you have to have in the system um but also understand that like training the intricacies of it it has limited functionality right especially because like as we were saying there's a million different ways that that thing can play out so you know you can train all of them but if you're training one of them you're really not you're really limiting yourself to the you know to this one particular way that this thing might play out when there are a million other right. ways, and, and, it, and it makes more sense to me to train the like we were saying the feeling, like you know what is the feeling of the the throw when the throw should happen. If you can get that, the other stuff will work itself out. And this is what I think we come back to Aikido doing, you know, uh, Ikkyo seventy times or something, and the student saying you're doing the same thing, and him saying no, I'm not. Um, understand that like in the moment the thing is going to be different than the intricacies you trained in this setup situation so you know you set up this one type of moment in time and then you master it the chances that you're going to see that one moment in time are slim very very slim you know so there could be you know 70 moments in time that it'll play you know like this general situation will play out these 70 different ways you when you do a form you're just mastering one and it's so like, um, you would like have in, to do Ikkyo 70 different ways right, to right, get it. Right. It's like in school, like studying, um, you know, how to answer a specific test question versus uh, understanding a piece of knowledge, you know. Yes. You know, the War of 1848, yes. you know, instead of studying, you know, what happened on this day in 1848, you know, and then studying the exact answer to that one question. Okay, well, you've only prepared yourself for one question on a test versus I understand the words of 1848 and I can tell you all about them right. in a, a kind of open conversational setting. That's what we are kind of 
more ingling towards and Aikido right. is let's it's, be able to apply it. It's a, it's a more mature viewpoint, you know, and like I think the way you described that's a real interesting way to talk about like studying history. Studying history for um, high school and pre-high school students um, consists of memorizing facts and learning what one authority said happened right, right. in that a no, book. Yeah, right. right. And then the truth of history is like going into it and trying to empathetically understand all the different characters and what they were trying to achieve. And like that gives you a really broad beautiful understanding of right. a, a situation a moment in time whereas like you know a b c d is just one sliver of an idea of what right. maybe happened you know right exactly so uh, taking all of that we still need to train kokunagi i guess yeah. right yeah. so yeah. so how do we do like what's the how would you talk a baby about how you train it uh and you know why you think that that's a, a decent way to start people so understanding it. Kokinagi is like a, a keystone technique for me um, because it was the first technique that I achieved any proficiency in. And I feel like everyone's got something that they – some technique that they yeah. started doing well early. That's right. And then you can kind of use that technique to help you understand all the other ones. You know what I mean? So yeah. like because you gain some proficiency in that for whatever reason, right? Like you're just good at it. It's natural to you. Whatever you understand it naturally. Whatever. Um so Kokinage was that keystone technique for me. And so Kokinage, my Kokinage got good, and then all, all, all my other techniques kind of came up to the same level. And then I, I kind of liked Kokinage because it was my keystone technique. Yeah, it's you know? the thing you could do. And so I really spent a fair amount of time like looking at all the different ones. And, and I think the thing to, to understand is, A, that position and what that position affords you. And basically what it affords you is – splitting their body in two in yes. in many different ways right like so um like it could be done by punching them in the face could be done by um rearing your back uh, up so they kind of lose their balance could be done by shearing them could be done by bumping their hips could be done by making them reach high while you go low could be there's lots of Grabbing lots of ways legs. right but the the understand that that essence and and why that essence is so important is is to me Kokinage because we can't teach beginners like Ueshiba wanted to and and you know arguably he couldn't either right like so uh, and I'm saying this because like look it, there's some major failures in the systematization of Aikido and so like a lot of that's because he had some awesome noble philosophical ideas he that, was like, on his own level yeah man and I dig those I like to read his shit and I like to think about it and I like to go oh that's awesome um, but but I'm also an Aikido teacher who makes my living teaching Aikido and I don't know how many students I would keep I mean I guess I've seen lots of Aikido teachers who manage to keep students and they just pontificate all day but i would feel horrible inside if i just pontificated all day about the philosophy of aikido so i've got to give the students a structure and that's the structure and the reason why that structure is so important is because it's the third best shitty position right like yeah you know like distance and and so um Understand when you're in that position, you're trying to drive their legs one way and their upper body the other way. And how can you most expeditiously make that happen, right? So I had a realization while you were teaching that one day. And I, I knew, you know, intellectually was like, okay, Kokunage is doing this thing. Um, but I had like a realization that we were doing a version where, you know, uh, you're, you've got your leg behind them, obviously. And then you're, I think we were either elbowing or we were like sticking our arm out cut, you know, doing mm-hmm. the scissoring like you like to do. Um, and I was just like, oh, 
duh, like if you look at it like your leg and your arm are two poles, they're like their body is bent in an right. S shape around them. And I don't know why, but that visual stuck in my head as like that is what Kokunage is, is their their heads going one there and their legs are going the other. Or they're right. like in this messed they're up S shape. They're in an S yeah. 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 And that like stuck with me as like this is this is Kokunage and whatever weird different variations do that's kind of the essential like that's what you're making their body do in whatever way right um, sorry i didn't mean to interrupt no there, no you didn't interrupt like at a, all i mean yeah, i think that's yeah. exactly it like and i think understanding that essence is where you should begin your kokinage training well and i think that uh I, I i like to look at things a lot of times about like uh making space or taking space right so i'm either always like um I want to be making space mostly, right? So someone's coming to attack me, I am getting offline, I'm making space. But there are times when, because I failed, 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 I have to take space. And this is one of the situations where you're taking their space. And you're taking that space by just setting your structure, again, in such a way, this is what Maya was talking about, that they um, they are conforming to it, you know. <laughs> their head um, limbo's one way and their feet that's limbo exactly the other. That's right. right. And... You know, what you're talking about when it's effortless, it should feel effortless. It should feel like you are just making a step to the side. That's right. Uh, and they're following following over you. Um, but that only comes if you can really understand your structure. So to me, like, this is a, a, a technique that's all about structure and understanding, like, your own um, body mechanics. And, and should. so if you're doing something weird yeah. um, and people do all sorts of weird stuff, leave their feet on one side and their hands behind their hands on one side do all sorts of stuff and then it's really not a kokunage if they're doing that because they have no koku whatsoever uh so if you can just keep yourself structured and keep that structure and move through i think that's that's what i like to think about yeah when i'm doing it but i think we see that a lot in like we do a women's self-defense class and we'll teach them a couple like super basic throws just to make space if there's someone's holding them um and the thing that we see most and one of them is Actually, this technique. It's kokunage. Yeah, this technique. yeah exactly. We don't call it that. But. And yeah, so when they're doing the kokunage, um, so many people want to bend over, like, right. real far. And the first thing I walk over, I'm like, stand up. Just just stand up straight. Get comfortable. There's, you know, this is a safe space. Get it's comfortable. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> what it is is everybody wants to bend to the other person. Right. Like, structure. Totally. Um, instead of, and, and, you know, and... It is just an easy fix. All you have to do is tell them, stand up. And the minute that they take that space and stand up, the other person is contorted yeah. if they want to hold on, right? Yeah, right? And if they don't, they let go, and then that's that's. I think that's a win, you know. That's the other huge caveat there is if they want to hold on, you know. And, like, that's what Chris was saying earlier, which is, like, if you've got um, the correct ukemi for that situation that you're training with, especially with the morotedori, if you're truly trying to stick with that grab there, then you will you will imbalance yourself in order to, to stay holding on. Right. Um, and, and so, like, remembering when you're training that situation with somebody that that the the, the ukemi that you're giving for someone and the ukemi that you're getting is the right ukemi for right. that situation that you're right. training. It's, uh, uh, kokinage is essential. Like, um, it, it, so I remember learning uh, Aikido and learning Kokinage and then going and doing uh, mixed martial arts and um, uh, doing competitive uh, grappling situations and thinking like, oh, you know, Kokinage, really, you don't use it that much. 
I was wrong. I didn't understand the essence of that thing that we're talking about right now, which is basically t- to make their body mouth shape in that mm-hmm. that situation. It exists in all grappling styles. And in other grappling styles, like I, I said this on the other one, actually, the uh, all grappling, uh, grappling styles where the objective is to hold or control the other person, there will be a more intense way you do it. Like you'll hold their legs more or there's lots of little tricks you can do. Um, and you'll do that because the main goal is to Get hold the other person the ground, yeah. when you're done. In Aikido, that's not our goal. Our goal is not to hold them down. That's not what we want to do. Um, not that Osekomi pinning doesn't exist in Aikido, exists in Aikido, but that's not our main goal. And so our, that throw doesn't look the same as others, but it is core to throwing. Like mm-hmm. understanding how that works is a core way you unbalance someone. Right. It's one of three ways you can do that, you know. Why, uh, as we're winding down, I don't know why we're looking at time, but. Um, why is it so such an iconic sort of piece of Aikido? I mean, I think it's like a lot of times in uh, other than like the high falls, this is the the throw that you see most often. I think, or or that most people kind of I think would associate with um, Aikido, except for maybe the the Hiriminage, Kokinage. <clears throat> both like you know you, you see them constantly and they're very very iconic um they're, they're just so common to what we yeah. do and and that f- structure of it can be done in such an effortless way where it really looks like you're doing nothing right. and and uh uke is being projected well right. away from you and so. the other person if it's done right would they do look like they're just sort of falling over themselves yeah. on top of you. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and you're just calmly yeah. standing there when you're done. So it, it really embodies a lot of what Aikido is. And then besides aesthetically what it does, it functionally is super key. Like you will need it all the time in armed grappling. You will need it all the time in asymmetrical situations. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so, how are we looking on? Are we uh... Uh, we're thirty-seven minutes, so okay. we're uh, considering this the second podcast yeah. we've recorded. We're... Um, <laughs> let's go ahead and uh, can we? Are we not going to be able to get to our patrons again? I'm, I'm getting them. Our poor just, little patrons. Just give, me, just give me a second. Our poor little patrons. Poor little patrons. Who we do actually really appreciate. We love, we um, love and cherish them. Yes, thank you very much for uh, you know helping us be able to do this and have these have it sound nice and have it uh, available to everyone, but also uh, for conversing back and forth with us and giving us ideas for things and all that good stuff. So I, if any of those people or anyone else have anything they want to know about, have questions about a previous podcast, would like to hear us talk about something specifically, just let us know. I've said this before on the podcast, but... Um, you know, when uh, Maya first was like, oh, we should have an Aikido podcast. And Josh's like, oh, yeah, we should have an Aikido podcast. And I'm like, fucking one more thing to do. You know, <laughs> like, like, and I was like, I was like, all right, fine, I'll do it. But I don't want to pay any money because it's just like, here's how all projects go. Like, hey, wouldn't this be cool? Yeah, that'd be cool. All right, let's do it. And it's like, oh, we got to buy 30 swords for that. Oh, fuck. Okay, well, okay, I guess I'm going to have to buy 30 swords because <laughs> we got to do that, right? So, so I was like, I'm not paying any money for this. That's that's my okay, caveat. Right. And so uh, thank you to our patrons because it wasn't for you guys. Yeah. And I don't know if you remember, if you listened to this podcast in the very beginning, 
it we'd only have four up at a time because I refused to pay any money. <laughs> right. And so there would be four up at a time. And, and, he, and maybe yeah. you could understand what was happening, but you would have to like turn it up, right, turn yeah, it down, so. turn it up. So no, the patrons have so. made it not only available for everyone to have access to everything, so everything's up, um, but also the, the recording quality has gotten a lot better and we have good equipment now. And so all the patrons have done that. So thank you very much, guys. We really appreciate it. We super, super appreciate you. Um, okay, so thank you so much to John Smith, Rob Kitson, Lenny Acuna, Matt Mumford, Urbano, Brian Crowley, Jim Sullivan, Matt Riley, Warwick Dean, Lise Klein, Sharon Okada, Jim Gallant, Christopher Aceto, and Grant Templin. Um, we also did just add a new patron as well. I don't know why it's not showing up on here. Um, but also Yuli Simgu. Uh, thank you so much to you as well. Awesome. Um, yeah, we've got yeah, this great, it's great long list. It's super great. It's yeah, and awesome. a lot of those patrons have been longtime patrons. Right, we really right. appreciate have been it. Here since the beginning. And so. thank you to the new patrons. And, you know, you got to come in and go out. That We hold no judgments. Thank you for, for being our patrons. We totally appreciate that. Yeah, totally. Uh, I will, at the end of here, again, plug Combat Con, which is happening in Las Vegas, Nevada on in- August first yeah, like 40 days fourth. or something yeah um and Five we we so. will be there teaching several classes and um, being part of a, a discussion group and some other things so if you are looking for a bit of a vacation coming up and you think vegas might be fun and you're into combat stuff um it's definitely worth checking out there's um, sword fighting and grappling and european stuff and they sell cool swag and, and they're not giving us anything to talk about this no, but we've been for try out whips and I, i've told this story four on the years or whatever so uh, this story on the podcast as well but josh and i were sitting i think this is like the first or second year we were there we were sitting at the booth and uh this security guard uh saw us and he said hey hey are you one of the teachers there and i'm like yeah and he said, hey, can you explain what's going on? And I said, what? And he's like, what's what's going on, man? And I said, what do you mean? This is a convention. And he said, uh, well, so look, yesterday I saw you guys, and you were doing a lot of, like, knife and gun stuff. And then I saw some other guys, and they were dressed like Jedi Knights. And then I saw some other guys, and they were in full suits armor, and they were really beating the shit out of each other. I thought someone was going to die. And then I saw these guys playing with little sticks, and then a guy cracking a whip. He's like, What? in the fuck is going on here and i was like oh it's just a martial arts convention you know that's so, a really everything. good explanation yeah it's, it's just it's wild you yeah know? plus it, it's, it's, in vegas, yeah, it's in vegas it's in vegas it's in vegas yeah and uh and we'll be drinking uh five cent beers at uh, uh margaritaville margaritaville <laughs> in the flamingo so, and you can come hang out with us no there's a lot of fun and, and there really is i think a lot of good classes um Obviously, we're teaching classes, and we'd love you to come to those. But other other uh, instructors, well, like just some really good instructors. World class instructors. You can find that all again, combatcon.com if you want to look at it. So, all right. Also, guys. Oh. don't we have a website that we should point people to that I don't think we do very often? What those websites? Are? I don't know. Whatever website, aikidoafresno.com, aikidostudent.com. Yeah, you can check aikidofresno.com and yeah, you can check you us out on Facebook. Um, aikidostudent.com is down right now. Oh, okay. um, because I've got too many projects to fix it the way yeah. I want to fix it. So it's down. So sorry. Lots of good. Uh, do we have a lot of stuff there on Aikido Fresno? Uh, is it um, sort of? It's basically the schedule and, you know, talks a little bit about the school. Okay. Mostly our Facebook page. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Our Facebook page is probably the best way to look. Um, and then we've thought about starting a group just for Aikido Discuss. So if you guys are interested in that, let us know. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Tip of the week. Tip of the week. Oh, yeah. I feel like we had a good one. 
I don't know why I did it that way. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. That okay. Annoying. That is how Josh. That is how Josh. Like uh, during his class, he'll just be like on oh, a like just just <laughs> one of the students is like it's like Kabuki. He does it like Kabuki. Like he'll just oh, like Nikajima. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I'm not offending anyone when I do that. <laughs> no, it's literally just how you just that's sing just stuff like, sometimes, whether it it's Japanese or right, yeah, English. Anyway, or English. <laughs> or English. Also, I, everything, whatever language I'm speaking, it's probably singing at some point. Um, so I feel like oh, we man. had some good tips during the um, during the podcast talking about. Uh, when you're training Kokidage, oh, yeah, uh-huh. what you should be kind of looking at and doing. Um, but, you know, I feel like we say this all the time, but um, if you're not trying it live, then you're only getting part of the picture. And so, you know, find a way to start dabbling in, um, even if you can't, you know, it's going to be hard to make it happen at first and you shouldn't make it happen, but look, start looking for those openings right. where you're in that side-by-side position with someone where a potentially a Kokinage could so, yeah. happen. Next time you're doing Giawaza or whatever, um, try to make note every time you're in that position. Yeah. Whether or not you do the thing, make note. And I think you will see it happens a lot. Um, yeah. And then from there, you can determine, you know, what might happen. But uh, just make a mental note. Oh, there it is again. Oh, there it is again. Yep. Yeah. All right. Good. All right, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Have a great week.